Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? I have got some amazing news for you. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. From UFC, MMA, pro and college hoops to the upcoming baseball season and golf, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. In fact, it's the truly it tr- truly is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V. That's BELIEVE, B L E A V to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, BetOnline, where the game starts. We're not too far from the end of the big game in the NFL. The Eagles and Chiefs, boy, did they dazzle us and give us one of the great Super Bowls of all time. And it really gives you a chance to look back on the season, right? All the storytelling, rookies, of course, trying to make their way, veterans chasing the last ring. Really, it goes beyond the box score. And today's sports journalists tell compelling stories about the people under the headsets and the helmets. Well, you know what? St. Bonaventure University's online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism trains students to tell stories in an increasingly digital environment. Aspiring NFL reporters and broadcasters learn how to podcast, tell stories on social media, and identify future opportunities for audience growth. These lessons can be completed around your schedule thanks to a 100% online format. SBU is the official education partner of the Buffalo Bills and has an extensive alumni network, including Yours truly. U.S. News and World Report further confirms their academic excellence by placing SBU 20th in its ranking of regional universities in the North Region. Learn more about how St. Bonaventure can open doors to sports reporting careers at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, Camillus Golf Club, and our great friend Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. LinkedIn, Facebook, go get them. Brian Comboy is also at advisors.massmutual.com. He has every financial plan for you and your future, no matter what the case is. You might be retiring. You might have a youngster going to college. Go get Brian Conboy, meet with him, and see how he can help you. We are thrilled with our future with Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to Jam and Beats, Bowers and Company, CPAs, and Burn Dairy. Pleasure to bring him back. It's been a while, actually. Scott Petoniak, the longtime best selling author, columnist, and historian, storyteller, you name it. You can get him on Twitter at Scott Petoniak. We're going to um, get Scott's full Super Bowl uh, uh, recap. We're going to break down the Buffalo Bills offseason, and we're going to talk about those New York Yankees. Haven't been to a World Series and won one, for that matter, since 2009. Go uh, make sure you get all of Scott's great books on Amazon.com and nearby bookstores where they're sold as well. And, of course, he is a columnist currently 
for the Rochester Business Journal. And you can go get him uh, on Twitter, as I mentioned, at Scott Petoniak. And rbj.net is where you can find all of his unbelievable columns, which are must-read every single time. Scott Petoniak, buddy, it's been a while. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. It's always always great to be with you, Mike. Yeah, it's been uh, been kind of crazy. I've been working on a bunch of books or whatever. and uh, It's just a, a crazy time, but a good time. A good time. How about we start off just with a quick recap here, uh, takeaways from the Super Bowl. Well, um, you know, I thought it was a spectacular game up until the ending. I mean, nobody wants to see it end on a, you know, on, on a, a flag being thrown. Um, but, you know, Mike, it's it's interesting. I, I, I've kind of struggled with that because obviously this is going to be debated, you know, from here to eternity. Um, was it the right thing to do? Make the call when, when we all know that essentially that call is going to decide the game. Um, but do you not make calls when there are penalties? Right. I mean, it, it gets into this this bigger debate, and you know, and I thought um, I, I thought that the you know the Eagles coach there, uh, uh, Nick Sirianni, I thought he um, or Sirianni, uh, I thought he he had a great quote afterwards where he said, you know, like he didn't blame the official, yep. you know, like they, they're making split second calls, and um, you know, and. It's been a point of mind forever. It never comes down to one play. As much as you want to, you know, Bills fans want to blame Scott Norwood or this and that. Um, it never comes down to that. And I, I'm thinking, you know, how about how about you, you know, Philadelphia defense? How about you make a stop? That's it. How about you know? How, how about you, you know, you you don't let them have like two guys wide open in the end zone. You and I could have caught those passes that were so wide open. How could you get faked out that badly and out outsmarted that badly by, you know, by Andy Reed um, and by Mahomes and, you know, so, so make a stop. Don't let them score 24 points in, in, in the second half, you know? Um, so, so that's point of, that that's the point of it too. And, and you know, and so, um, it's disappointing. We all look at, we'd all love it, Mike, to come down to like a guy making a spectacular throw and catch, right. As time expires in overtime or whatever, we'd, we'd love that. Right. I mean, as opposed to a flag winds up, you know, essentially deciding the game, but you know, the, the back judge didn't decide the game. The players decide the game still. And they didn't, you know, on the Eagle side, they didn't make plays. And Patrick Mahomes is so great. I'm I'm sorry. Like, you know, he is just he is the head of the class right now. I love Josh Allen and stuff, but Mahomes has got the resume. He's off to the best start any quarterback in NFL history has ever gotten off to. It's remarkable. I mean, they they've been in five straight AFC championship games. They've been in three Super Bowls in four years. They've won two of them. Mahomes now, you know, has the two rings. He's got the two Super Bowl MVPs. He's got two league MVPs. One of those seasons he threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. <clears throat> and I'm with you on Sirian. I love that quote in the postgame. That was my favorite bite in the postgame. But, you know, I kept watching this game, and it was 38-35. And you watch the rest of the playoff games, and you look at everywhere, every, everywhere you turn, there's an offensive head coach. Sirianni, Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan. And up there in Western New York, it's a defensive head coach. And many of the errors in January that have occurred have been because Sean McDermott and how he operates as a defensive mind. How much is the gap the gap because of that between the Bills and the Chiefs and even the Bengals? There's another one, right, Zach Taylor. Um, how big is the gap from just the standpoint of the head coach and philosophies, offense versus defense? 
Well, I think I think it's a it's a certainly a substantial gap right now. I mean, Andy Reid, you know, it, it would be unfair maybe to compare any other coach with him right now. I mean, he's 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 got to be in the argument for the greatest play callers and offensive minds in NFL history. I mean, again, those two touchdowns in the end zone were guys. He just, I mean, he he just outfoxes them. You know, like it, just when you think like, oh, we we've got we know every trend and this and that. He comes up with something else, and it isn't just trickery. It's just it's he he has he has the ability to set up those plays earlier in the game. I think that's you know the chess match that unfolds. That being said, you know Sean's not that coach. He's never going to be that coach. So it's it's you know I think what we you know Sean Sean give him credit you know for hiring Brian Dable right because Brian Dable. You couldn't have had a better coach for Josh Allen and Josh Allen's development. Brian Dable, as we've seen, NFL Coach of the Year, what he did with the Giants, guy's a brilliant offensive mind um, as well, and could be the future Andy Reid, the way things go if he gets, you know, with the right quarterback or whatever. So now it comes down to you as a defensive-minded head coach. That's your background and so forth. Um, you've got to have the right guy developing you know, Josh Allen, and you've got to give that guy the latitude. And remember, there had been some rumblings, uh, and one of these days we may find out the truth, that Dable and, you know, and Sean didn't see eye to eye on some things, um, you know, and, and you know, he was going to go anyway. He was going to go and take a head coaching job because who wouldn't mm, at right. that point of your career? Yeah. But um, so now we, now we turn to Ken Dorsey, and is Ken Dorsey the right guy? And are you going to give Ken Dorsey the latitude to, you know, be out there to, to be the Andy Reid where there are, are no barriers? You know, there's no there's no envelope. You know, you you can you can draw outside the lines. You know, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe Dorsey isn't that guy, or maybe you know the governor here not allowing you to go 65 uh, in your car is is Sean McDermott. So we're we're going to see. Look, look at, um, you know, I give McDermott so much credit uh, as a human being and what he did coaching wise this year in terms of all the adversity this team faced and this community faced. Um, and, you know, I, I, he's, he's a very good human being now. But when we boil it down to like in terms of coaching strategy, are you too conservative? Are you punting when you should not be punting at all? You should be going for it. I don't know. There are there are questions that remain with Sean McDermott. He's got them to this point. There's going to be that Aaron Boone, uh, you know, criticism, like, are you good enough to just go this far, but you're never going to win it all yep. um, or not even get to the big game, let alone win it all. You know, you, you know, so, so I, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough. Um, uh, but you know, I, I remain optimistic because you got Josh Allen and you know, he's to me still the second best quarterback on the planet right now. Yeah, I, I think you brought up a great point there, um, and I've oftentimes thought about it. Like, look, McDermott, I mean, overall, <clears throat> he's a leader of men. He's built a team. The culture stuff that gets thrown around, it's overused, but it's true. You know, they break the drought. They win multiple division championships. They go, they're knocking on the door to try to get to a Super Bowl multiple years now. You know, double-digit wins, 13-win seasons. I mean, all that stuff should be applauded. You know, bringing in Dable, bringing in the right people, drafting character guys. Like, I get all those amazing things that he's done. But what happens is, you know, Scott, you've been in this a lot longer than I have. 
the narrative in sports changes. As soon as you get good, as soon as you have expectations, the fan base and everybody, and frankly, they want it too. I mean, it's not different for the players and Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and the rest of the coaches. They want it too. They want the next thing. But you wonder if they can get past where they've been with him as head coach. Maybe they have hit the wall. And I got to tell you, I I think there's a huge concern, not just for the Bills, Chargers, uh, uh, Broncos, even with Sean Payton there, can he resuscitate, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, the Bengals, the Ravens, everybody in the AFC, you might be playing in the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls era with Mahomes, Reed, and the Chiefs. You might be. So that might prevent you indirectly from winning one anyway. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And there's no question. Look, if you and I are objective about this and we look at the situation, you've got to say that they are farther away from the Super Bowl as we speak now than they were last year. Um, You know, now what does that mean? Everybody's getting better. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and the Jets with a great defense that really gave the Bills all they could handle, right? I mean, they've got people that can get at you with their front four. They don't need to to, to go to, to resort, you know, resort to blitzing and this and that. So there's concern there. And if Tua, and again, this is an enormous if, but, you know, Tua stays healthy. Um, you know, the, the, the Dolphins are legitimate, a legitimate concern in your division as well. So, so, you know, yeah, everybody's getting better. You would think that the, you know, you would think that the Chargers, I, I'm still a big Herbert guy, and I think if they can somehow get things right there, he still has the potential to be an elite, elite quarterback, you know? So yeah, it's gotten a lot more competitive and I hate to say this, Mike, you know, and I I said it with some people last year after it happened is that um, I just hope that 10 years down the road, we don't look back at 13 seconds the way we look back at, at wide, right. You know? Yeah. Um, And music city miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I am totally with you. Uh, it's it's so frustrating. Uh, best-selling author and columnist Scott Petoniak with us uh, here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Burn Dairy and Stanley Law Offices, rbj.net, and uh, at Scott Petoniak on Twitter. And make sure you go get his books online where books are sold as well. Now that the Super Bowl is over, the famous easy thing to say is it's baseball season now. And we know Our beloved Yankees, they haven't been to the World Series since 2009. They haven't won one since 2009. So I open the baseball talk with this. Give me a reason or two they will make it slash even win it. Give me a reason or two they won't make it slash, you know, and and, and won't win it. Uh, They'll win it if uh, Carlos Rodon and and, uh, the the pitching staff stays relatively healthy. And as we speak... We're worried about uh, Nestor Cortez's hamstring now. You know, <laughs> they haven't even gotten a spring training, and there's there's an issue going there. So I, I think they do that if the, if the pitching comes through and stays healthy. Um, to me, uh, the key the key figure though for the Yankees is uh, the health of DJ Lemayhu, uh, and um, and not only the health but the return to the to the guy we saw a couple of years ago who was just lights out. And I say that because this is still a lineup though improved is a, is a lineup um, that, you know, doesn't have enough contact hitters. Doesn't it have enough guys that, you know, can uh, are clutch hitters and stuff, you know? And so that worries me. That concerns me. And I think he is going to be from a positional standpoint. He's the guy. Um, He's got to be, he's got to be the guy again. And I think that, 
that will just have such an enormous impact throughout that lineup that is still filled with a lot of swing and miss guys, guys who obviously can, can, you know, hit the ball a long way. And, you know, and, and I don't anticipate that uh, it's so unrealistic to think that Aaron judge is going to hit 63 homers this year or whatever, or ever have that kind of season ever again. It was a historic season, a defining season for him. You know, I just, you know, but you know, if, if he can have a, you know, 40, 40 homer or hundred RBI season, the Yankees can be fine. If some of these other things happen, the other thing, Mike, and I'm giving you a third one here is like, I want to see the young guys, yep. you know, you know, I want to see Peraza, uh, Oswald Peraza at shortstop play every day. I want to see, I, I want to see as Oswaldo Cabrera play every day. That guy is unbelievable. Put it, you know, and he could go in so many different spots, but mm-hmm. give him, you know, let's stop with the, with the Aaron Hicks, stories okay let's stop with the josh donaldson stuff like we clog up and prevent these young prospects from you know getting a chance getting a legitimate shot and and, you know like other teams insert these guys and have phenomenal success so if you believed enough into not trade these prospects let them play let them play now guys are ready earlier than they've ever been now let them play you know I do know, and I just wrote my Yankee preview this morning for pinstripepassion.com and table hopping in central New York. And, you know, that that is that is a big one for me because the Yankee roster is aging. It has been aging fast. And LeMahieu, 34, like Judge, okay, they signed him. You want him, but we know that there's a lot of risk there with his injury history. Half his career he's been hurt. Half of it he's been healthy. His playoff numbers aren't that great. They gave him nine years and he's already into his 30s. Stanton, same type thing. Donaldson's old. Like, <clears throat> this roster, the Garrett Cole contract, I mean, it goes on and on. They got to get younger. And I look at rookie shortstop, hey, last time you tried it, it worked. I mean, you know, you, you started a rookie and that guy, Derek Jeter, and he, you know, pedaled his way to the Hall of Fame with five rings and, you know, captain clutch moments. And you know what? Why not right now? Why not try? You got nothing to lose. And I, as I recall, Scott, you and I remember texting about this a lot. Houston and Philadelphia coming off of the 2022 World Series, they both started a rookie shortstop for the first time in fall classic history. That is a blueprint. If if the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, when, when the winners win and the losers lose and it's a copycat world, that's a copycat move right there. You know? Right. I mean, that, that right. should tell you everything. You know, the other thing, I, I totally agree with you, Mike. And, and the, thing, the thing is, like, going to spring training, let's not deny these guys their at-bats and stuff. Like, you know, like, I, I mean, like, you know, I want, you know, give Anthony Volpe plenty of time, you know, and if, and if you wind up having both on your roster, then put one guy at, you know, at third base or one guy at second base or whatever. I was actually hoping that they would trade Glaber Torres. And I think he still has value, you know, 24 homer guy or whatever. But I also think what you see is what you get. And I'd rather see some of these other guys now, um, you know, so, so let's, let's hope that spring training that they really are committed to giving these guys a chance. I don't want to hear this, you know, Brian Cashman talking about Aaron Hicks is the leading candidate to win the left field job. I don't want to hear it because you know what, Mike, even if he has a spectacular spring, even if he gets off to a great start, hits 10 home runs in April, he's going to get hurt. 
You know, like, I mean, we've seen this act, this story before. It ends the same way. So let's go with something new. Let's be bold. Let's, you know, let, let's, let's see these guys. Let's, let's get them in. Let's get that infusion of new blood. Okay. I mean, I look at the American League and I'm going, okay, this is a Houston and New York world again. I mean, no disrespect. And, and look, there might be another team that could come through. I remember when the playoffs started last year, I said that I could see every team in the NL getting to the World Series besides the Phillies. And then I said, oh, watch the Phillies do it now because I just said that and look what happened, right? Uh, 87 wins, but that's sports. It's how it goes. You get in, you dance, you see what happens. But really, when you look at this American League, Scott, wouldn't you agree it is, I mean, it's terribly weak. Like Baltimore is a rising team, but they don't have a team built for sustainable playoff success. I think the Rays will be about what they were last year, lacking a lot of offense. The Blue Jays are young. Can they arrive early? They might be a year away. They just had a really good offseason, too. I like that team a lot, but are they ready for a deep run in October? I don't see it. Cleveland, eh, they're, they're about as good as division champs, and that's that. Seattle, eh, nice story, but then they get in, and they don't have sustainability. And then all the other teams are just kind of down there, right? I mean, aren't we in a New York-Houston world? They are going to collide again in the ALCS, get home field advantage, and can you finally beat that team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, and that's a great point, too, the home field advantage. And, and you know, this is why, like, I mean, come on. If you got, you know, at, at the top of your rotation, you got Rodon and, and Cole. It's it's time for them to step up. And the other guy, you know, again, I love him, and he's the face of the Yankees, and I'm glad they re-signed him and stuff, even at a inflated, you know, contract that you had to do. But, you know, the postseason, this is a postseason that Aaron Judge now needs to assert himself, Huge. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, you're you're the guy in New York. Come on, you got to be the guy, and you better also perform in the postseason. So yeah, I think they're on a collision course again. And you know, the other thing is they're you know obviously you know Houston's in the Yankees' heads, so it's up to some other guys to you know come through here and and show them like, well, wait a minute, you know, and and that falls too on Judge as well. Um, he needs to have a series. You know, he needs to have a have a, a, the, a defining series against them as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, home field I think would be huge. You know, get get the stadium rocking. Uh, we know it's not as big a advantage as it is in some other sports, but it's still, it's still important in New York, um, you know, to do that, I think, from a psychological standpoint as well for the players. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think they're on a collision course. Um, and so uh, it, it kind of makes – it always makes it, it – tough and probably were spoiled. Like, you know, we always get accused of that as, as Yankee fans. Like, you know, your team's going to win 99, 100, whatever games it's going to take, you know, to, you know, they're probably going to take 103 or 104, right, if you want to secure it throughout uh, home field advantage and stuff like that. But we're always like, we're always like fast forwarding to October, you know. It's like what I was trying to caution Bill's fans, enjoy the ride. Everybody was already looking at February, right? Well, February never arrived, you know, sadly for, for, for them and stuff. So, um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the, I don't see the, I don't see anybody else really, uh, stepping up and overtaking either of those teams in the American league. Okay, Scott, I want to hit two more things and I'll let you run. One is the Yankee bullpen. Mm-hmm. How confident do you feel in this bullpen? I, I I mean, I really, obviously the first half, the Yankees were taken off at a historic pace. 
And they, you know, a lot of the pitchers went to, you know, Cashman and Boone and Matt Blake and others and said, hey, you know, like, we want to pitch deeper into games. They did. That obviously protects the bullpen. But then all of a sudden, Michael King goes down. And it changed the course of the year a little bit. And then the starts became shorter. And then the bullpen started to get dinged. And then they were worn out by October. And because Houston pitched deeper into games with their starters, I mean, it's it's an oil and water right comparison type of a thing with the Yankees not having enough starting pitching and then not protecting the bullpen in October and not getting timely hits. And we know that the Astros play the opposite way and they're obviously the standard in the American league and maybe just baseball for that matter. What about the bullpen this year for the Yankees? What needs to to happen for it to go right and smoothly for them to be ready and rested and prepared when it matters most? Well, I think you raise a great point to start out with, and that is like, you know, you got again at the top of your rotation, you got to have starters, and and Nestor was a big part of this too. Like, give you innings so that you're not burning this bullpen out because it is a little suspect. I'm not real confident with it, you know, as as I look at it. So I think that's number one. Like, you know, and that means, you know, and again, you, we're we're asking a lot here. That means that, you know. Can you get a full season out of Luis Severino now? I mean, we're that far enough along removed from these things. Like, can that happen? Again, we're asking a lot. Um, you know, if you can you get Frankie uh, Montez back? Um, you know, at some point that would be like if you do, it's it's like a trade, right? A, a good trade if if he is what Cashman, you know, proclaimed him to be when they acquired him. Like that would help with that rotation. That said. I'm still not, and again, this is the, this is going to be the always the aftermath of having been spoiled by Mariano Rivera. Is Clay Holmes your closer? Yeah, he he looked superb there for a while, and then he looked lost mm-hmm. for a while. We've been down this road, right? You know, <laughs> um, usually we didn't like have a one half season, you know, a tale of two seasons. We had a a tale of one week or every other game. You know when we were dealing with Chapman, right? Oh, like he, I'm he just so didn't glad know. You're gone. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> the other guy, the other guy who could be kind of a, a I think a, a uh, kind of a wild card here is Jonathan Lysica. Yep. Um, you know, like I mean, he's a guy that, yeah, you could plug him in as as a spot starter, but hopefully you aren't going to have to get to that situation, you know. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I think he he can be key as well because. He has an extraordinary arm. He has great stuff, but we know that it's all mental with closers and stuff. They're like, you know, kickers and great putters, right? They, they, they just, there's just a a different mindset that these guys have that they just, you know, they don't get flustered and stuff. The great, great ones. And I don't know if the Yankees have that. I don't know. You know, again, we saw two different homes last year. I don't know which one. I, certainly I'd like to see the first half one, um, you know, where it was, wow, this guy's pretty good. Like they found something here. This is the guy, you know? Uh, but so, so there's, there's questions there. And, you know, you got, you, you know, Canely and, and uh, Peralta, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're taking them, you're putting them back out there and Trevino and, and, and stuff. So um, I don't know. It, it's, it's a, it's a puzzle and it's obviously extremely important, but you raised, I think an important point, in that because it's somewhat suspect, it's all the more imperative that these starters go longer. And you got guys here that you're paying, and they should. Yeah, I, I 
I love the top uh, you know, part of the rotation. That's fine. I mean, Cole Rodon and Nestor, when he gets fully ready to go, he says he's going to be ready for the start of the season, but who the hell knows? They're always hurt somewhere. Um, that's fine. The four and five really worry me. And Luis Severino, it's a continued roller coaster. It's a battle with him. I mean, are you going to really ask Clark Schmidt, a guy who you don't know what he is still? I mean, is he a long reliever or a reliever? Is he a, a short spot starter? What the hell is he? You know, are you going to really ask him to be a big four or five, you know, at the back end? Are you going to count on Domingo Armand? I mean, I the four and five worry me, and that means it dents into the bullpen. The way I look at the bullpen is I think overall, if they're healthy, I think Peralta, King, I think they're going to come through, no doubt. I actually like Marinaccio a little bit. The two biggies are Loisaga and Holmes to me, what you just mentioned. If those guys are elite, I think they can really, really have a great bullpen. And yes, I'm so happy to see Chapman gone. Finally, I have a column idea for you. Ready, sir? Even even though you're the veteran media guy, <laughs> okay. I've been in it 25 years. You've been in it a lot longer than me. But I have a column idea. The Yankees for years have been called the evil empire because of all of this money that they spend. All the payroll and money, you know, when they won championships in the 90s and you know, early 2000s and going to them even. Oh, they just buy, buy, buy. 2009, they spent $435 million on Teixeira, Sabathia, and Burnett. Well, what the hell, man? Look across town right now. The New York Mets, with the luxury tax on top of payroll, are like, what, at $490 million. Can somebody please write a column about the Mets blowing a ton of money? And they have nothing to show for it right now. At least the Yankees won. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I always love that evil empire, and I and the Dodgers. When, the Dodgers. I, I like. Yeah. I liked when uh, the Red Sox mm. fans like would, would be all over the Yankees and stuff, as if they were the little sisters right. of the poor. <laughs> Which when now they look are. At their, their, yeah. their payroll. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but yeah, no. I mean, I will say this. I, you know, um, you know, you know, Cohen. Uh, he, he he had he is you know he's sixteen billion dollars is his, I guess his personal worth and Gosh. stuff. He dwarfs the Steinbrenner family yep. and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to have, you know, it's great to have an owner who's a fan who wants to win and is willing to put his money where his mouth is and stuff like that. Um, uh, but you know, you don't want it to go like as George went, where he just he just you know interfered and. In meddled in everything. I, you, you don't want to go to that extent and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I mean, yeah, if they win it all, then I guess we can call them the evil empire. And if they, and if they don't, I'm just going to say like, wow, that guy, that guy has money to burn and doesn't seem to care. You know? Well, maybe we'll have to call them the Apple Empire or something different because the, the <laughs> Apple that goes up, you know, evil empire. I mean, the Dodgers. Yeah, okay, yeah. you want to tell me they got cheated because of the Astros thing or the Red Sox even doing a little bit of that? Okay. But the Dodgers, even the last, you know, even before Dave Roberts and with all these division championships and these pennants and these 100-win seasons, they have one ring, one, in in that in that time where they've probably spent, I want to say, gosh, wouldn't you venture to guess about $2.6 billion in like an eight- or nine-year span, right? I mean, that's, that's a good yeah. guess, I think, right? And they have one ring, so... Enough of this Yankee payroll stuff. I'm tired of it because everybody else is spending more than them, and they have nothing to show for it. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you Done. know, like it, I, I pointed out a, a few weeks ago in a column, like you know, as you and I well know, they went they went the entire '80s and the first part of the, the '90s yes. without a World Series title to show for it, and it, every one of those years they had the highest payroll in baseball. So you can't just buy it, and that's why I think you got to have you know, a good general manager, a smart, smart baseball people. And I'm hoping, 
I'm hoping that the guys that Cashman added to his front office, you know, who, who are really, you know, really smart baseball people. I hope he listens to them. Me too. Brian Sabian, please listen. Yeah. <laughs> listen, Brian, you know, Cashman that is. Yeah. 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 You know, so, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's fun. As always, I just want to see, uh, I want to see a little bit of a, a new attitude, um, you know, by Boone and, and by Cashman here and like, let the young kids play. Give them a chance. No doubt. No doubt. And and I would, I mean, look, Howie Roseman, you know, our good buddy, Matt Michael, probably still dealing with the Eagles Super Bowl loss and all the rest. But, you know, we text all the time about how Howie Roseman, and, and you've been on a couple of those threads too, like he screwed up a ton with the Eagles, but he realizes his mistakes. He's, he's an aggressive general manager and he goes and he fixes them. He's a smart guy. He makes a couple of mistakes, but he fixes them. And look at where the Eagles are right now compared to where they were with Carson Wentz and all that and winning, you know, with Nick Foles as a backup. Completely different quarterback, completely different head coach, completely different assistants. And they just made the Super Bowl and almost won the Super Bowl. And Cashman's still rolling out Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Just come yeah. And, and let's like, not forget, like, I mean, he took forever to get rid of guys that he should have gotten rid of, you know, oh, years for sure. earlier. Yeah. And they could have yeah. had Aaron Judge for about $215 million less as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, like, I mean, let, let's stop with the Aaron Hicks stuff. Uh, I mean, Josh Donaldson, I suppose he has some value. He is clearly, he's a superior fielder, but oh, he is. you're not paying him $25 million, you know, for, to, to give you gold glove fill in. Okay. Right. You know, come on. Know. It's not the way the game is now. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping that they, they cut their losses and, um, you know, and stop clogging up, uh, you know, taking away from guys. I don't want to say, you know, more, no more, you know, Joba, Jabba Chamberlain uh, situations where you just screwed around with the guy and just screwed him completely. And, you know, let these prospects play. Um, you've got a history where, as you mentioned before, you know, you put a young shortstop in there and, and you won five World Series. So it can work out if you would just, you know, give these guys an opportunity. No doubt. Baseball America, all these outlets. Oh, look at the Yankees. They got the kids. They got the farm system. We hear about it from the front office all the time. Okay, cool. Well, you know what? You don't know uh, when to trade them and you don't know when to bring them up. They just don't. They haven't had that understanding for years and years and years. The time is now. Peraza, Cabrera, Volpe eventually, Dominguez eventually. I'm totally with you. Scott Petoniak, the longtime best selling author and columnist at Scott Petoniak on Twitter and rbj.net. Thanks, Scott. Always love having you, my man. Hey, it's always a lot of fun. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.